chapter 1, verse 16, has a very special verse in it. But before we look at it, I want to tell, share with you a true story that happened during, during the time of World War II. Many years ago, two families were living side by side in the mountains of Kentucky and had been fighting and quarreling for about 10 years. And the feud originally started when old man Smith's cow jumped over Mr. Brown's stone fence and ate his corn. You, yeah, that's, that's a kind of bad business in the mountains. You don't, uh, eat, you don't steal someone's corn in the mountains. That's like stealing someone's horse out west. That person could die. And uh, so anyway, Brown shot the cow, naturally. Then one of the Smith sons shot two of the Brown brothers. Well, this is how feuds start. Now, Bill, the oldest living member of the Brown family, plotted to get even, especially since one of those two brothers who were murdered was his father. But before he could carry out his vengeful plans, he was called away to war. And so during the time that Bill was overseas, the smith who had done the killing took his wife and his children to the local church in their community. Can you imagine? Uh, let's don't be too critical of Mr. Smith. Um, anyway. Normally he stayed outside rejecting the gospel message being preached inside, but on that day, it was so cold he had to go... He decided to go inside to keep warm. Aren't you glad that you uh, have a God who controls the weather? This morning I was trying to bring myself out of the griping spirit about the rain, so I was saying to myself, This is the day, this is the day that the Lord hath made, that the Lord hath made, I will rejoice. You ever been there? And you did, and you... (laughs) You had a winter this winter, didn't you? Yeah, we were in New York when you had that weather. Your winter moved over into New York where we were. We were hip deep in snow. We understand it was cold. We had a lot of fun in that snow too, but uh, we understand. Maybe God was trying to do somewhere up north what he did in this story. He drove an unrepentant sinner inside a church during a preaching service because it was too cold to stay outside. You never know what God's doing somewhere. And here we are griping about what He's doing. Sometimes it's amazing to me how God has patience with us. But anyway, it was so cold He decided to go into and wait. And the sermon was on Christ, the Prince of Peace. Interesting message for a man who was involved in the war, personal war with another family. And the message of a living Savior struck Smith's heart, and he was converted. Isn't that amazing? Really, truly, this is our true story. And on the way home, he passed the home of the Browns and began to realize what a crime he had committed in killing the men and recognized the damage he had also done to the family financially. He killed their breadwinners. He killed the men who provided for them. So he prayed about what to do and determined that he would secretly help the family. 
and his plan was to hire a small boy to carry a basket of food to the Browns every day. Well, Bill came home from the war and heard of, the, of a stranger's kindness. And so he decided to find out who the generous helper was. And he followed that small boy right to the door of the Smith's home. Oh, do you think he's forgotten his battle with the Browns? Absolutely not. Now he knows how to do it better. He's a soldier. And he could not believe his eyes when Smith opened, answered the, his knock at the door. And Smith smiled and said, shoot me, Bill, if you want to. But Bill said he had come to thank him for taking care of his family while he was away. Then Smith explained to Bill how he had come to know Christ. And Bill was converted. It's an amazing story, isn't it? True story. And great change came to his life and that part of Kentucky because these two men came to know the Lord as their Savior. And I'm sure their families did too. What did that? Well, look at our verse. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is you should underline those two words it is it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek you know God does not waste words the Germans don't waste words either they, they combine word. what we have to say in a sentence they can say in one word you know, well, how would you put into one word the, the thought that you have a, a store where you can rent floor finishing machines? Well, they do it in one word. Fußboden Schleif Maschinen for lie. That's all one word. 32 letters, one word. <laughs> we have to say it in a sentence. I, I've begun to do that too in English. How about the word Fissionary. You ever go fishing for people? Mm. You're supposed to be a missionary. There was a German Baptist years ago named Anken, and his favorite motto was Jeder Christ, ein Missionar. Do you know what he just said? Every Christian, a missionary. And uh, every time we go out, we should have our eyes open. Don't hoard the gospel. But God never wastes his moist words, and every word that he uses is important. And that word, unto salvation. You see that? Unto? The gospel is what takes you unto salvation. What? What's the message of the gospel? What's the gospel? Someone tell me what the gospel is. Good news. But what, what are the parts of the gospel? What are, why is it good news? Someone tell me. Okay, yes. The death, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And what's what's the message of that? Yes, why did Christ have to die? Oh, we're sinners. And the message is that he died for me, and he died for you. And the message is that he rose again. 
so that we can be saved. And because He rose again, we can be saved forever. And we'll never lose our salvation. And because He rose again, we're going to rise again. That's the message of the gospel. That's the message that this man in the story heard that saved and how he got saved. But the gospel is the power behind the message. Salvation is that great inclusive word of the gospel gathering into itself all the redemptive acts and processes. Salvation. One word. But in that one word, it includes justification. Redemption. Grace. Mercy. Propitiation. Imputation. Forgiveness. Sanctification. All of these things and more are wrapped up into one word. Salvation. Isn't that an amazing thought? But we're not going to look at that word today. Okay? We understand it. We're going to look at something different. By the way, the word salvation comes from the Greek word soteria, which means to rescue. Hmm, interesting. This is setting up for the word we're looking at, we're going to look at. It means to rescue, to deliver, to bring to safety. Oh my. Did you know when you got saved, you were, you were brought to safety? But did you know that before you were saved, you were in danger? Did you know that? You're going to find out. Just a moment. It's a mighty act of God. It's an act that only God can do. It's a God, an act that only God can accomplish because He alone has the power to do it. Now that word power, look at that verse. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? Say it with me. It is the power of God and salvation. That word power comes from, from the Greek word dunamis. And this is the word I want to look at today. Do you know what English word we get today from the word dunamis? Anybody have an idea? Dynamite. Dynamite. Right. Who said that? All right. There's a Greek scholar. Dynamite. Did you know God uses dynamite? Yeah, he does. That's the title of this message, God's Dynamite. Yes, God uses dynamite. The word itself carries these particular meanings. It means, by implication in and of itself, a miracle, a mighty deed, a mighty work. It means power. It means strength. And this is what got my attention. It also carries the meaning of violence. Violence. Well, think of the definition of salvation. It means to bring to safety. So let's put bring to safety and violence together. What is going on here? Well, let me ask you a question. Is the plan of salvation a passive message? Yes or no? Pardon me? Are you awake this morning? I'm going to come down there where you are in just a minute. Is it a passive message? Yes or no? No. Have people died giving that message out? What did Paul face when he gave that message out? Where was he when he gave that message to the Philippian jailer? In prison. 
That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Would you be willing to go to prison for the gospel's sake? There's a man in Iran right now who's, been, who's in prison for being a Christian, for being a pastor. He's an American citizen. He's an Iranian. He's an American citizen. By the way, Iran just executed a guy today. Would you be willing to be executed for the sake of the gospel? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power, it's the dunamis, it's the dynamite of God. Listen, folks, there is no other power on earth that can change the heart of a man. Not his heart. You can control his actions, but you can't change his heart. There is no other power on earth that can dry up a drunkard, clean up a drug addict, or purify a harlot, or change the thinking of an atheist like Bill Nye, the science guy. You know him? There is no other power that can take a man who beats his wife and change him into someone who loves his wife as Christ loves the church. There is no other power on earth that can take a rebellious teen this is my testimony. Who curses and hates his parents and change him into a respectful young person who loves his parents, honors them, learns from them, and submits his will to theirs. Teens, you have trouble submitting to your parents? Let me ask you a question. Are you saved? Parents, if you have trouble with a teen... Let me ask you a question. Where do you begin dealing with that team? You think controlling actions is going to change the heart of the team? No. So where do you begin? Salvation is a good place to start. There is no other power on earth that can take a person who shakes his fist at God takes God's name in vain and thinks the Bible is a book full of myths and change him into a person who delights in time alone with God in prayer, who memorizes God's Word, who spends time with God in His Word and goes looking for people to tell them about the plan of salvation who are just like he was before he was saved. Only the gospel can do that to a person. Only the gospel can change a life like that. And what is the gospel? It's the fact that God is able to save you and that He has made provision for that. And now you have the message of the gospel to take to people. And when people turn to God, God does His part and saves. So what's going on here? Why, why did God have to use the word dunamis to describe the gospel. Why did he have to use such a violent word to describe the power of the gospel? Well, the gospel, the message of the gospel is not, it, let's put it this way, it is a violent message. You go up to a Catholic who's 
family history for the last four or five hundred years has been in the Catholic Church, and you tell him everything he believes is wrong, and his people, his family are in hell. See what kind of reaction you get. You might get your teeth knocked out. By the way, is that the way you approach a Catholic? No. The message itself is violent enough. It needs the love of Christ behind it, surrounding it, right? But it attacks everything a person believes and puts in the place of the gospel. There's no room for anything else. Jesus said, I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What is he saying? There is no other truth. There is no other way. There is no life in any other way but Christ. Now, that's, that's pretty discriminatory, don't you think, in these PC days? Well, <laughs> no, it's not discriminatory. Actually, anybody who tries to add to the gospel or replace the gospel with something else is discriminating against God Himself. Why the word power? Why the word dunamis? Why the word dynamite? Why such a word that carries such violence with it in describing the work of the gospel in someone's life? Well, that's a good question. And that's what piqued my interest. And this is what I want you to see this morning. Why God had to use that word, dunamis, dynamite, to describe the work of the gospel in the life of someone. Come with me, please, to Acts 26, verse 18. Here Paul is standing before King Agrippa. And he's telling, has just shared King Agrippa, with King Agrippa how God has saved him, how God has called him to be a missionary to the Gentiles, and now he's going to tell him why he's a missionary to the Gentiles. In verse 18, where he says, To open their eyes, and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Stop right there. Three phrases we want to look at this morning. Do you see them? To open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God. And we're going to take each one of those phrases, we're going to look at it, and attach it to one verse in Scripture, and you can find more later. We only have time for one verse each. And we're going to discover together why God had to use the word dunamis to describe the gospel. Let's go. To open their eyes. Come with me please to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Keep your finger in Acts 26. Come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We are going to read together verses 3 and 4. I'll read as you follow along. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid from them that are lost. 
in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now you remember the phrase we're looking at in Acts 26 verse 18, to open their eyes? Why, who's keeping them closed? What does Scripture say? The God of this world is blinding the minds of them that believe not. How is he doing that? What is Satan using today to blind people from the truth? Someone give me some ideas. we got to have some back and forth here this morning. Tell me one thing. Someone tell me one thing Satan is using today to blind people to the truth of the gospel. Yes. TV, good. What else? Yes. Movies, yes. Good. What else? Yes. Music, yes. Good. What else? Yes. False religion. What kind? Keep going. What else? Good. Who said humanism? You did. Humanism is a religion. Do you know we fall into that trap as Christians every day? Do you know there is a flap today in a school who took school pictures, maybe you've heard about this, where the school decided to cover up girls who were not covered up enough and to cover some of their tattoos. And this one girl that Fox News highlighted has a tattoo across her collarbone right here that says, I am enough. Ooh. Are you enough for your life? Can you go through life with and all you need is you? I had a German neighbor tell me during our second term, Don, no matter what the circumstances is, the spirit of the man can carry him through. I said, what happens to when you come to a situation in life that's too tough for your spirit? He didn't have an answer. Today that man is divorced, lost his family, lost his, sold his house, had a big beautiful house. Ooh, I am enough. Humanism. What else? That's good. We could park on that. Yes. Pardon me? Pride of life. Good. What else? Come on. Yes. Boo. Do you hear that, Hillary? How about evolution? Ooh. Hey, I've got a good one for you. Evolution. You remember Bill, the science guy who debated Kim Ham? You know, how, you know, how do you deal with some of these things? Now, the only thing... You, you really can't enter into a debate with these people. What do they need to hear? The gospel. But if you ever get into something like the Big Bang Theory, here's a quickie. You know there's a law out there called conservation of angular momentum. It says when something is spinning and some pieces break off of it, those pieces are also spinning in the same direction. So you remember the Big Bang Theory? All the dust gathered together and it started to spin and expanded and it broke off into pieces. 
Well, all, and, until now we have galaxies and planets, comets, and uh, so everything is now should be spinning in the same way according to this law of nature which God set up. And they give, they uh, recognize this like so the only problem is all planets orbit the sun in the same direction. All spin the same except for three in our solar system. Three planets spin the opposite direction from all the others in our solar system. How about that? Venus, Neptune, and Pluto. Except Pluto's not a planet anymore. Huh? They rotate opposite directions from all the other planets. Now how did that happen? Whoa, many moons, small like asteroids, orbit opposite directions from the larger moons. With the larger moons, some orbits uh, the same around Neptune except for one. He opposite, he's, a re, he's a rebel. His name is Triton. He, op, he, he goes around Neptune the opposite direction from all the other moons. <gasps> How did that happen? Wow, Saturn has several rings. All or, you, know, you know the rings of Saturn? Aren't they? Isn't that a beautiful planet? All orbit Saturn in the same direction except for one. It has to be female too. It's Phoebe ring. How's like that? <laughs> Halley's comet orbits around the sun opposite from the planets. Oh my! There's so much truth out there to, to combat the the lies. But what do these people need? Do they need that, or do they need the gospel? What's going to change their minds? So what's happened? Ooh, what was that? that was, yeah, you did that back there, didn't you? So what's happening here? God is actually working against the devil through the message of the gospel. The gospel being powerful enough to overcome the work of the devil in a person's life. We could actually say the gospel is powerful enough to blow to smithereens the lies of Satan. And everything God or Satan is using to blind the eyes of the unsaved is a lie. And you have the truth that can undo that lie. That's the message of the gospel. And you know what powers behind that message? The dunamis of the gospel. The dynamite of the gospel. So now you know when you're talking with somebody, you've actually got somebody up fighting against you. Let's get a couple of people. Can I get you, sir, to come up here? Can you help me? Pastor, would you come up here? You're going to be God. You're going to be mine. You're an unsaved person. I'm Satan. Can you come up, sir? You're my enemy because you belong to him. You're a Christian. What's your name? Bryce. Bryce. Bryce, I'm the devil. I'm going to take good care of you through all eternity. But I'm going to give you anything you want. I'll even show you how to get it without even being right and getting it. And it's going to be fun too. And all of these times, God's telling this guy to come over here and share with him the gospel. So you come over here. And what am I going to do? Satan, what's Satan going to do? You stay away. Matter of fact, I might even get somebody to come in here and kill him. 
That's happened. I might even get somebody in here to give him a bloody lip or a broken nose. Put him in the hospital. That's happened. He's, he's bigger than you are. God, God will allow that to happen to teach him some things. Because God uses the Christian's life as a pulpit to preach behind. Ooh, that's another lesson in all of itself. But he's telling him to come over here and share with this, my subject, the message of the gospel. So while he's over here trying, to, you come over here, while he's trying to do that, what's the devil doing? Oh, no, you don't want to listen to that. This are lies. No, you're, you are enough. Believe in yourself. You can do it. You don't need God. He's a, he's, he, he, he's a fairy tale. The book's full of, the Bible's full of myths. I, you follow me, and I'll show you. You know that movie over there you wanted to watch? You can, you can steal it from Walmart. Nobody's looking. <laughs> Do you see what's going on? He's blinding the eyes. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. The gospel is the what of God? The power of God. Okay. This young man gets saved. And when he gets saved... What does God do? That's the next part. You guys stay right here. Go back to, I'm going to think in German, Apostelgeschichte. Acts chapter 26, verse 18. Look at the second phrase. To turn them from darkness to light, and turn, or turn, uh, to open their eyes. So the gospel has opened this young sinner's eyes to the truth that he needs to be saved. He's lost. If he sticks with me, he's damned forever. And the gospel helped him to realize that. He's opened his eyes. But now comes something else. Look at me, please. Turn them from darkness to light is the next phrase. Come with me. You guys stay right where you are. You just listen. Colossians 1.13. Colossians 1.13 says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son? Colossians 1.13. That word translated means carry away. You remember what salvation means? To bring to safety. The word translate in Colossians 1.13 means to carry away. There is a working here of one kingdom against another kingdom. At salvation, God is taking a person from the kingdom of Satan and putting him into his kingdom. What we could, what, what's really going on here, we could equate salvation as an act of war between God and Satan. God's used the truth of the gospel to open his eyes. And he has placed his trust and faith in Christ. He's repented of his sin, first of all. He's realized he's a sinner. He knows he needs to be saved. And he comes to God in faith. That's repentance. He doesn't want to go the way he's been going. He's had a change of mind about he's, God's opened his eyes. Had a change of mind of what's going on in his life. 
Now he needs to have a relationship with God. He needs to be saved. So he comes to God in faith, placing his trust in him to be saved. All because of the message of the gospel. So now what does God do? He was in my kingdom. God comes over here and carries him away. You can pick him up if you want to. Hey, wait a minute. Where are you going with my subject? He's, he's, not my, he's not my subject anymore. He's God's subject. Subject. He's God's child now. I'm going to remember this, God. You're going to get it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. You see what happens? Do you think the devil is pleased? Hey, God, let me help you out. You think the devil is going to help God out? <laughs> no. But it gets worse. Go back to Acts 26, verse 18. The last phrase very quickly says, And from the power of Satan. Whew. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. Wow, we come with me please to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'll tell you the verse in just a minute. While you're turning there, that word power, the power of Satan unto God, is not the same word as dunamis. It's another word. It's actually the same word as the word you find in John 1.12, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. It's the same word. It actually means privilege or right. Do you realize that Satan has the right, he has the authority, he has the jurisdiction, he has the liberty, he has the power, he has the right, he has the strength and the ability to exercise mastery and influence over the life of an unsaved person. Do you remember how you were before you were saved? Don't ever forget who ruled there. We forget. Some of us have been so long with God that we forget what we were before we were saved. And then we start criticizing those who aren't saved. We think God's made us better than they are because He's saved us. <laughs> you were just like they are before you were saved. You ever seen anybody under the power of Satan? You see it all the time, every time you go to the store. You're at a stoplight. You have your windows down. Mosquitoes are gone. And all of a sudden, your rib cage starts vibrating. So what's going on here? Boom, 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 boom. And you, man, it gets louder. And you hear this kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Kaboom. What in the world is this? Boom. And you're looking everywhere. What is, where is, where is there? Is there an earthquake going on? What is it? And you look in the rear view mirror, ah, and you see five cars back, this car bouncing on its tires. You remember that? Boom. 
He says, oh, brother, there's one of those ungodly sinners listening to their devilish music. And he rolled up, you went, I wish that guy would, that idiot would turn down that ugly, awful, devilish music. Is that what you think? He's only doing what's natural. He's under the authority, jurisdiction, and power of the devil. He's acting like a citizen of of the devil's kingdom. And when we criticize him like that, so are we. What's God's thought? Maybe he might whisper in your ear, in the ear of your heart, and say, why don't you follow him and give him a try? I love him. I died for him. He needs to be saved. Yeah, by the way, I, I'm the only one who has something that can change him into someone who loves to sing the music we sang this morning in Sunday school class. What kind of music were you listening to before you got saved? I know what I was listening to. Black Sabbath. Satanic music. Why? Because the devil has the ability and the mastery and influence as a magistrate in your life and mine as an unsaved person. And when God saves us, he takes us from that and puts puts us into his power. That's why when you read 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, if any man be in Christ, he's what? Does that make more sense now? He's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So what's, there's a total transformation going on here. So what's the, what's the upshot of this? Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Why are you afraid? You're at war. And you've got dynamite to use. Use it! Watch God do some things in the lives of the the unsaved that will just simply knock your socks off. And And thirdly, don't forget where God saved you from. Always be thankful to God that he has saved you. Father, thank you for your word. We're grateful for it. May it find root in our